Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Impact Podcast. I'm your host, LBJ, and today I'm excited to introduce you to Xavier Pickett, CEO and founder of Buddy Pass. Um, Xavier has a bachelor from Hampton University in entrepreneurship. He also holds an MBA from James Madison University with a focus in innovation. He's a member of Forbes The Culture. He's also, in addition to being co-founder and creator of Buddy Pass, he's the co-creator of the Black Vernacular Book Club. Um, he holds a background in IT and project management. Xavier, I'm super excited to interview you today. Uh, super excited to to share your story with our listeners. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Um, when we got connected, um, I was looking at Buddy Pass and I was like, I like, I'm moving into the phase where I want to get to traveling more. Um, I've already kind of thought about planning group trips and. The challenges around those kind of like the, the first couple months, like we'll be a couple months before leaving and we're like, well, what are we doing? So, um, yeah, I, I can't wait to, to tap into Buddy Pass and hear what you're doing there. But um, we'll get to that in a second. Um, first, you know, I want to kind of share your story with with some of our listeners. Um, you know, where are you originally from? What was childhood like for you? What was those early years like for you? Um, you know, what what's the story behind Xavier Pickett? Sure, sure. So um, I am what you would call a military brat, meaning that I am the offspring of one or two parents who were in the military. And my dad yeah. was a uh, he's retired Air Force. But as a result of okay. that, we, we hopped around from uh, I spent most of my childhood in D.C., uh, a little bit of it in Mass, uh, Massachusetts, um, Virginia, Oklahoma. So we, we hopped around quite a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it was it, it was an interesting childhood. It was, uh, <laughs> you I, know, I, go ahead. Go ahead. So you know, on that front, was you were like, where did you have like any early hints that you might be an entrepreneur? No, I actually wanted to be a vet. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I know that's out of left field, but um, I, I love and to this day love animals, and then uh, I didn't realize that one the the level of education that those people actually have to go through um which i had no yeah. interest in i just wanted to be around animals. <laughs> and <laughs> um a- then you know the whole putting animals down thing i was like i don't want any part of that i'm i'm good i'll just get it yeah. <laughs> you know i i understand i most people don't know this about me but i actually um in high school i worked at a spay, spay and neuter clinic Really? And I was like, you know, this is this is not my calling. <laughs> this is for someone else. Like one day they were like, you know, how about you come to the back? We'll show you how one of the surgeries goes. And I was like, okay, cool, super yeah. awesome. And I got back there and I was like, I'll go back up to the front. And I was like, okay. That's really cool though. Yeah. So um, you grew up. At, you mentioned D.C., Virginia, um, Maryland, really kind of all over the place. Yeah. Um, so. I know you you studied entrepreneurship in college. You know, when when did you get that first thought that you know I might want to be an entrepreneur? When did it kind of switch from, from veterinary medicine to to, um, to entrepreneurship? So after my first semester at Hampton, um, that's when I kind of had you know that light bulb moment um, because yeah. I didn't I didn't go into Hampton as an entrepreneurship major. I went in as a computer programming major. Okay, and um, I, I quickly realized it was not for me. You know, I, <laughs> I I was with people who had been doing that since high school and high school. Yeah. That, that is not what I was. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I remember uh, one day one of my uh, professors uh, pulled me to the side and she was like, look, 
You seem like a sweet guy. I don't want you to fail. You're going to fail if you stay. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, you know, and I'm not kind of the kind of person to give up easily or, you know, take yeah. anybody's word for it. So I'm like, no, 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 I'm not. I got to that <laughs> final man and I, I should have listened to her. <laughs> so. uh, again, I think we have a similar story there when, um, in college, I was wrapping up. So I studied communication in college, but I had a few extra credits at the end of uh, my senior year. And I was like, you know, like, you know, I want to learn how to do computer programming. So I took a class. And right. similar, similarly to you, um, most of the people in the class had already you know, been doing it mm-hmm. before coming to college. So I'm in this class, you know, senior, past failing it. I'm like, I just need it for the credits. Um, and one day after we had taken our first test in the class, the professor comes up to me. She's like, you know, I know you're past failing, but, you know, let's do everything we can to make sure you don't <laughs> fail. <laughs> I was like, oh, Ooh, you know, okay, I'll mean, give credit somewhere else. <laughs> I appreciated it, though, because it. Yeah. I remember I was talking with um, an old friend of mine, and he he at the time was an entrepreneurship major. And yeah. I, I didn't even realize it was a thing, but, you know, we talked about it for a bit. Um, and uh, then he introduced me to some of the professors, and I realized, I was like, hey, this, this seems kind of cool, you know. Yeah. So um, I, I signed up. Um, Hampton had an MBA program as well, but uh, yeah. it made you cut your hair. And I had an Afro at the time. I was, no, no, man, I'm, I'm my own person. I want to <laughs> That's but, incredible. Uh, but uh, after a few weeks of doing it, I was like, hey, I, I like this. I, yeah. I'm, I'm good at this. Um, and the more I think about it, I don't want to spend the rest of my life, you know, no shade mm-hmm. to anybody who, who lives this way, but I don't, I don't want my paycheck to be dependent on somebody else. Yeah. You know? so yeah, I, absolutely. I stuck with it. That's incredible. Um, you know, when you called home, you told your parents, Hey, by the way, um, you know, things are going great in college. Just wrapped up first semester. I'm <laughs> switching my major to entrepreneurship. What were, what were, what was their response? <laughs> so I had um, made the mistake of the week prior telling him it was going to be the, uh, the MBA program. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this was my third call at that point. And they were like, brother, you look, this is not cheap. Like you need to fix something. <laughs> like, entrepreneurship great. is what you want to do. We support you, but pick something. Like, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. So um you decided to be you decided you want to go into entrepreneurship. Um you didn't switch after that, no, right? No, no, no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you decided entrepreneurship. Um you go through the rest of your time at Hampton. Um when you graduated college, did you jump right into entrepreneurship? Did you I don't know start something while you were still in school? You know, what was that first step after graduating? So um, one, I, I tried. One of the um, requirements to, to leave that program at the time was, you know, you had to write a business plan. And mm-hmm. I came up with uh, basically, I cannot remember the name of it, but it was a a plan to create a business centered around putting more responsibility on the employer rather than the, uh, the applicant. Mm-hmm. So if you sign up for a job, you know, instead of just ghosting you, you were receiving notification for that, for example. And That's you great. might not always get a reason why, but at least you you would know that was no longer an option. Right. So I um I tried, but then I, I quickly realized, hey, you know, I've got all these ideas, all this knowledge, 
but I need money. <laughs> so, you know, just, so, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at my peers, um, you know, a little envious because, you know, there are a few of them who have jobs walking straight out of college. I didn't have that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm applying for jobs and, you know, the interviews are coming in. Why these people waited till I actually got to the interview to tell me like, yeah, I see that you've got, you know, an internship with the Department of Defense. I, I see that you, you know, marketing, accounting, but your major tells me that you want to leave at some point, mm. which was true. You know, I, I do yeah. want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't, I don't need you to know that. Like, I, just, I, need, <laughs> I just need a job. So, you know, like, no, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm dedicated. They're like, yeah, we, we don't want to take that risk. Wow. So um, at that point I decided, you know, um, you know, it was always in the plan anyway, but Maybe I should go ahead and uh, go to grad school. Yeah. But um, at the time, I was still searching for a job. So, you know, I, I was was a mechanic for three days. Um, <laughs> I was selling insurance for 24 hours. And but yeah. ultimately where I wound up was uh, Staples. Okay. And I, I remember that day, um, you know, I applied for it. There was a Staples about 10 minutes down the street. And I I got the interview. And I'm like, look, it's, it's retail. Um, no shame in doing retail. Just do what you got to do. Get your money, fund your stuff, and you're good to go. Yeah. So I, I drive down there, and I, I sit in the room with the uh, the manager, a guy named Alfred. I'll never forget. And he looks at my resume. He's like, you just graduated. You, you seem very qualified. But, um, buddy, you at the wrong store. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like Oh, like, oh, okay. And, you know, he looks at me and I look at him and he's like, you want a job? I'm like, yes, please. Yes, I need a job. <laughs> so um, he uh, he gives me the job. I'm, I'm working at Stables while applying for graduate school. And yeah. um, at the same time, I'm also applying for other jobs. But, you know, while I'm getting these interviews, I'm no longer getting the entrepreneurial answer. I told you earlier, it's... Uh, you know, hey, we see that on your resume, you're trying to go to grad school. That's great. But we also, you know, need you here. Even, you know, because I did a, a hybrid education. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was in person two days out of the week, virtual three days out of the week. They didn't want to accommodate that at all. So I was okay. getting a whole different answer. And what year is this, by the way? This was 2012. 2012, okay. yeah. So, um, wind up getting into grad school. I, um, you know, I did my MBA, uh, focus on innovation, which was fantastic. Um, took everything I learned at Hampton, amped yeah. it up a level. Um, you know, we were just touching things I had never touched before. I think at wow. one point, you know, they had, uh, taken us to China, you know, wow. Shang yeah, Shanghai and Beijing. And that was my first time actually seeing how business impacted a culture. You know, I, Write about it, obviously, but being in the midst of yeah. that was just a completely different conversation. Um, you know, we uh, we were in an, a Google AdWords competition. We won second place globally. Like it was, it was great. Wow, that's incredible! Yeah. And all through this time, you know, I um, actually did wind up finding a better job to uh, support me throughout all this. And that's when those employers started coming back, talking, you know, "Hey, congratulations! You know, there's a job for here for you if you like." <laughs> 
I'm a little petty. I'm like, you can't afford me now. Like, I'm, 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 I'm all right. The price that went up. Yeah, the price went up. So, um, you know, th- this whole time, though, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm writing down ideas, you know, and a lot of my, my ideas as an entrepreneur stem from annoyances. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, I, I get irritated about something or I, I feel like there's a better way to be doing it. I do the research, see if there's a, a target market out there or if I'm just, if it's just me, you know, things yeah. like that. And, you know, I've, I've got a book full of ideas that I want to pursue, but I had to fail a lot to even mm. get them in the book. Wow. Uh, we, we started a company called, uh, I didn't get the name, uh, Dark Turnal Graphics at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Dark Turnal Graphics, you said? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, basically it was uh, working with artists um, in a way where it was uh, akin to a, a music label, you know. Okay. And yeah. it actually, it, it was pretty decent for a while, but the more I came to understand uh, the artistic culture, it was, they, they did not appreciate being monetized or uh, corporate mm. in any way. So I kind of had to let that one go. Yeah. And then um, years later, I started a company called uh, Nate Holmes. Okay. Yeah. And what years did you launch these as well? Nate Holmes came, I want to say, 2016. Okay, so you had already graduated from uh, James Madison. Right. MBA at this point? Okay. Right. Um, my MBA, I actually had to focus on pretty severely because um, a lot of people know this, but um, once you start getting C's in undergrad or graduate chapters, they start you know, sending you those warning shots. Like, hey. Yeah, I'll tolerate C's. <laughs> so, <laughs> I already knew my weaker areas when it came to the business, and uh, you know, granted, studied to make sure I didn't fail, but unfortunately, I did get C's in those particular classes. Yeah. So when they sent me that warning label, I actually took it and framed it and hung it in front of my computer as wow. a reminder, you know, that hey, you're here for a reason. You're trying to pursue greater heights. Do not let another C be your your downfall from that. That's incredible. So, um, you know, after I graduated, um, uh, Dark Turnal Graphics, like I said, didn't work out well. Um, but yeah, Nate Holmes is where we actually started uh, kind of moving a little different. So, yeah, was, tell me about the business. That was a business centered around uh, men's grooming products, uh, specifically okay. men of color. Um, yeah. During that time frame, I figured out I could grow a beard. and i i didn't know you know i never tried but you know yeah then i realized hey you have to maintain it and you know because i'm out here looking like the scarecrow and you know my cousin (laughs) my older cousin he he was like look here's some stuff i use you know trim it make it look like something stop embarrassing me (laughs) and um i tried it but then you know um my wife who uh, was with me yeah. kind of opened up my eyes to hair types and, you know, why my hair wasn't receiving certain products. Like I've got uh, what's called 4C hair. Yeah. My wife has taught me about these. See, exactly. <laughs> these well. I, you know, I'm watching videos and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. When, <laughs> when did this happen? This- <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, I, I got really passionate about it. So, um, you know, she she's from Ghana. And, okay. uh, you know, my mother-in-law, um, they brought me some shea butter. Yeah. So I started 
melting that and, you know, testing ingredients, uh, seeing the effects of, you know, what this, what razor bumps, you know, are pretty common amongst black men. So I, I looked into yep. what could knock that out. And I came up with a product that um, was actually pretty, pretty good. Um, we started awesome. selling pretty well. Um, what took us out was COVID. Mm. Yeah. Once the pandemic hit, we, uh, we couldn't, we couldn't meet our demand as easily. Wow. Yeah. So I, I think that's like, as you know, like the podcast is focused on or a big part of the focus is young entrepreneurs. Um, I think we often hear a lot about entrepreneurs successes. Um, I love to hear about, you know, that challenge of, and, and not being able to, to meet that demand. Right, right. So um, I think that was my first, uh, what do I want to call it? Um, I was in the process of being completely independent with that company. Hmm. And because of the pandemic, um, yeah, like I said, it, it did knock us out. But we we were going from having loyal customers. And, you know, I, I always put a, a touch on it. I'd put a handwritten note, you know, thank you. Yeah. It's a coupon code, you know here's what I recommend based off of uh, your past orders, stuff like that. And it was always appreciated. So when the pandemic hit and our suppliers couldn't get our, you know, ingredients or equipment to us in time, you know, um, there's only so much uh, an apology is going to do. Right. You know, and while these customers were loyal, um, I mean, their hair doesn't stop growing. They've given me the money at that point. And, you know, I, I reached the point where dealing with um, trying to meet the demand on these orders and sending out more apologies than the orders themselves was just becoming too much. Mm. At the time, you know, we uh, believe we had just, uh, yeah, yeah, we had just had our second child, our daughter. Yeah. And we had just bought a home you know, after, it, it was just a perfect storm of, hey, I might need to shut this down. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you for, for sharing that. Um, so that's, I guess the pandemic, um, you know, what was that, you know, that first idea for, for buddy pass? When did you, so after I think you said it was called wait homes, is that correct? Nate Holmes. So Nate Holmes. Okay. Yeah. Nate Nate Holmes Holmes is, um, Nate is a shortened version of my grandfather's name on my mother's side. Oh, I love that. Was the, last name of one of my ancestors on my dad's side that's incredible (laughs) that's awesome um so after after you said you know i think i might need to take a break from this did the idea from buddy pass come right away or was there another kind of business between the two um you know what was that time between and then yeah what that what that that idea for buddy pass come from so we actually had the idea for Buddy Pass uh, in the midst of Nate Holmes. Like, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, b- before the pandemic. So yeah, we, we were planning a birthday trip for uh, my wife. And um, that's, that's when I got annoyed. You know, we, we started <laughs> with like 30 people. And yeah. I'm, I'm emailing people daily, texting people, um, hey, here's some research. I need the money for this. What do you guys think about this? And I'm either not getting answers or, you know, um, people were asking me questions on emails I had sent weeks ago. And I, I, we basically, long story short, we wound up dropping down to about five people, you know, myself and my wife included. Wow. 
And how many was it to start? It was like 30 people. Wow. (laughs) And uh, we actually had to change destinations uh, at one point to to make it cheaper for everybody because, you know, as you know, when people start removing themselves from a group, the cost for everything goes up. Yep. So we went from Thailand to Cuba, which was fantastic. We had a great time, but I never stopped being annoyed about that. And one of my... um, long-term friends he's a, a brother-in-law i've met in uh, hampton yeah he came to me uh, one day and he was like hey you know i know you're pretty annoyed about me dropping out i i'm really sorry about that i'm like yeah what you need <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was like yeah i remember you were telling me all your grievances uh, about you know planning a trip you know i've been through that myself why don't we do something about it Mm. what do you mean he goes um you know uh we were in the 21st century it's not like we can't do something about it we already know that there's an entire culture around people dropping out of trips or you know trying to plan destination trips and just not getting aware from it like we we have the knowledge we we have the tools we have the money let's let's do something about it that's incredible yeah so um wow. we we waited to the pandemic because at the time I was still dealing with Nate Holmes and yeah once the pandemic hit he called me he was like I think now's our time wow that's incredible so that is this is like 2021 pandemic or still yeah it's 2021 okay. yeah okay so y'all get the you have the idea he called you said now it's time what was your first step like how did you get started so um we treated it like a um Okay, our mistake was we we treated the idea like we would in our respective fields. So you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm an IT project manager at heart. Yeah, he's in sales. Um, our other co-founder, he was in management. So we immediately started clashing. Like you know, we were throwing ideas in a pot, but we're also <laughs> trying to hit it from the angle we're used to. And I, I remember um, a long time ago in one of my positions, one of my bosses, he he was passionate about project management. Like he is one of the only people in the world with his kind of cert- certifications. And he told me project management is like herding cats. You know, <laughs> the, the more you try to tell the cat what to do, the more it's going to do what it wants. Learn the cat and then move with that. <laughs> so um, I, I tried it from that angle and um, we, we were able to kind of pinpoint where your strengths lie, where my weaknesses lie, you know, and we have all these great ideas, but we still need to treat it like a project. Yeah. So um, we, we figured out the effort it would take for, for certain certain abilities that the app would have. And we either pushed it down the line or scrapped it entirely. And from that point wow. on, things just started rolling. That's incredible. So, you know, when like, did you all pay for outside developers? Are you guys you know, doing it in house? Oh, what's, what's that? We, we we had to. I, I learned my lesson in Hampton. Like, I'm not, <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that guy. But um, yeah, none of us are um are developers. You know. Yeah. Ironically, um, my previous position up to that point, I was a uh, project manager for enterprise applications for a government contractor agency. Okay. Yeah. So I at least knew what I was looking at, but I couldn't do it. Right. So we wound up um, hiring this development company who worked with us for a while. Um, 
I think our, our most major difficulty was we were all spread out. So my mm-hmm. co-founders are in California. I'm in Virginia. Yeah. Uh, this team, I, I believe it was somewhere in the Midwest. So we, yeah. we were just trying to coordinate all these time zones, um, trying to be available as much as possible. And ultimately, um, what wound up happening was our, our saving grace, our CPO wound up coming in and looking at the code. And he's like, now we're, we're doing all of this. Wow! Because security is his thing. He he does not want to put his name on something if he does not feel like your data as the user is going to be protected, which was a godsend. So after that, yeah, we just started the the ball just picked up a little faster, and we're we're like an end product. That's that's incredible. So um, I I I love that you said that. So you are the third technical co-founder or third non-technical tech co-founder um on on the podcast i i think it's it's you know super cool it's for example like it, as a young black person myself i've thought about be, becoming a tech entrepreneur um and instead of you know launching the business version my initial step on a former pro- uh, project was to go and learn how to code myself <laughs> and i feel like in that process like yeah you know learn how to code a bit but i I lost a year that could have been focused on, um, you know, on building a business and not necessarily building a product. Um, so I, I, I love to hear that. Um, you know, I, I love to see y'all are doing this. And I guess my, my question out of that, um, you know, what what advice do you have for the prospective young black tech founder who is not technical? <laughs> Oh, my advice would be, um, and this is something I actually learned during my graduate program, which was at the time counterintuitive to what I had originally believed, is yeah. uh, learn your strengths. You know, if if your weakness is, uh, you know, computer programming or accounting, learn it. Don't necessarily pour, pour all your efforts there because you're going to spend yeah. more time just trying to be average as, as opposed to you know, pouring your efforts into your strengths. And if you know that's a weakness, then you need to make the the business or the idea as attractive as you can to somebody who potentially has that strength. You know, that's um, incredible. we uh, we got, I don't want to say lucky, but the, our CTO really believed in our idea. You know, he uh, yeah. he, he shared those grievances. He, he loved the product and, uh, you know, what wound up helping us and help what <laughs> So my co-founders are both members of uh, Mega Sci-Fi. Okay, yeah. And so is our CTO. So fortunately, I got to deal with that. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was all for it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you know, the product you all are preparing to to launch. I believe people can you know join the waitlist already on your website. Right. Um, you know, what does you know the initial release of Buddy Pass? Look like how are you all thinking about that so uh right now we're going to go through beta testing um, yeah we are kind of how do i want to put this when we launch we want to make it an event mm. um we are uh, we're headquartered in la so yeah know, obviously i'll be making a trip down there but we want to uh basically tie into hbcus uh primarily black land events you know um Coachella, if we can, things like that. But 
those yeah. are the kind of networks we're, we're trying to associate ourselves with because we are a black owned company. Yep. You know, all of our members are black. You know, I, I mean, love that. Yeah, we want to lean into that. So I, I think, you know, one question um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs um, are always thinking about, or maybe I say forget to think about a lot of times people think about the, the business, the product, um, but then they forget you have to sell, you know, the business, you have to sell people mm -hmm. on, the, on the product. Um, I, you, you, you just spoke a little bit about it, but I love for you to, to go into a bit of kind of, you know, what is that go to market strategy for that first year of, of, of a release product look like for y'all? So um, again, we're, we're touching base with our black owned um, yeah. businesses, um, travel groups, pretty much if you're black and associated with the travel tech industry, or this is a clear grievance for you, we want to talk to you. Mm. you know, we, yeah. we know our roots. We want to put out a product that enables you to, to plan and travel a little easier because, you know, we're, we're under the belief that, um, buddy pass can be the gateway to experience uh, we know that when yeah. you when you try to plan a trip you know we're, we're not going to dismiss the fact that you know finance is obviously the largest opponent you know going to to england tomorrow is not cheap no matter how <laughs> yeah. you want to but you know disorganization and you know lack of planning and mm -hmm. just every grievance i mentioned before is 90 percent of the battle and yeah. we're trying to put out a product where, you know, minority people in particular can at least let us handle that opponent. You worry about that. the money. I, I can't pay the trip for you as much as I would love to, <laughs> but we'll take care of the rest for you. I want you yeah. to see the work. That's incredible. Hey, I, I can't wait to, to use uh, Buddy Pass myself. So a few years ago, I took my first international trip. It was actually my honeymoon with my wife. Um, and then just last year, I took my second trip. This year, I'm looking to take my third trip. So uh, I can't wait to I can't wait to stop <laughs> on to Buddy Pass um, when, when you all go live. So I will definitely be joining that wait list. Um, but in addition to Buddy Pass, um, you are co-creator of the Black Vernacular Book Club. I'd love to hear a bit about that. Yeah, yeah. So um, this actually came out during the pandemic, too. Uh, okay. <laughs> so you were, like, <laughs> doing it all in the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I get restless. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to to read a bit more. And, you know, I because yeah. I, I got this whole library at home, um, probably touched about a half of it. And it was it was irritating. Same. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was like, why do I keep buying these books if I'm not reading it? And I happened to be talking to one of my frat brothers. Uh, one day and he had the same same problem and uh he roped in uh one of his frat brothers from uh MU, and um we we talked about it we're like hey you know i think we can uh put together a book club right now nobody's outside it's a it's a way to meet people it's a way to talk about you know black issues or you know black events or stuff like yeah. that and uh it, the black vernacular book club was formed we we put together a, a website um a group chat and it surged immediately um we've That's got incredible. members nationally i think our our longest one of we got a member in the uk i believe um but it, it was interesting hearing different perspectives from different ways of, of black life you know uh, and not all of our members yeah. are black but you know hearing somebody from the uk 
have interest in American slavery or, mm. you know, um, somebody from uh, Nigeria talking about, you know, how a book we're reading on, uh, we read a book called Akata, which, you know, it was a, yeah, yeah, yeah it was gave perspective we hadn't even bothered to consider at that time. So it's it's something we still engage in to this day. I think we've just hit our mm-hmm. third year doing it, but it was congratulations. Thank you, thank you. But um, it's it's a beautiful thing. I plan on sticking with this for a very long time. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, you know, I I'm loving hearing hearing your story, hearing about the book club, hearing about Buddy Buddy Pass. Um, you know, one question that I'm wondering, you know, from your perspective. You know, what is that impact that entrepreneurship um, can have on, on the black community? I, I have my own thoughts about it. Um, and it's the reason I created this podcast, but you know, I'd love to hear your, your podcast or not your podcast. But your perspective. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if you release a podcast, let me know. <laughs> I'd love to hear your perspective. Um, I think I do. I think we need more entrepreneurs. Um, but not solely entrepreneurs. That, that's where mm. I kind of disagree with LLC Twitter a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, because uh, the people who are launching businesses, I'm a hundred percent behind them. You know, we always hear, you know, we, we need to have a seat at the table. I don't, I don't want to sit at the table. I want my own table, you know, so yeah. I'm, I'm all for that, but you Absolutely. also need to employ people who um, are comfortable working for you. And if they look like you, yeah. all, you know, so um, I think that's the best way we're going to start generating increased wealth in our community because yeah. we have wealth. We do. But if we're working toward it in the same cycle and funneling it the way we need to, I think, I think entrepreneurship might be the path we need to pursue for that stuff. That's great. That's great. So we're, you know, just through Q1 of 2023, you know, what does the rest of this year, but even going into next year, look like for buddy pass and then i you know i'd love to hear the same on the black vernacular book club book club what is what does the future look like there so um this year uh buddy pass obviously we're going to be launching um i would like to see and i'm I'm talking to all these people out here um as many users sign up as possible you you know you need us you know we want you (laughs) (laughs) you know i I don't want to see you on any more excel sheets it's 2023 (laughs) No more unanswered texts, kick them out. And no more multiple tabs for research. And I know some of y'all got them open as I'm speaking now. (laughs) It's a new day. (laughs) But I want to close out 2023 with Buddy Pass in such a a conversation that it's associated with travel in a way that's indistinguishable. So you you think about, and I might be dating myself here, but um, there was a point in time where Kleenex was the de facto name for tissues. Mm-hmm. Every tissue brand is not called Kleenex, but they had become such a staple in the industry that, yeah. you know, you say, grab me a Kleenex. You didn't say, grab me a tissue. That's yeah. where we want Buddy Pass. That's great. So beyond, beyond 2024 and 2023, you know, if you could envision, uh, you just spoke a little bit about it, but you, if you could envision kind of a decade from now, where is Buddy Pass? Is it, you know, publicly traded company? Is it, you know, something you're leaving for for your legacy? You know, what what is what is Buddy Pass a decade from now? Oof, a decade from now. So, <laughs> ideally, um, yeah. I mean, if we if we get to a, a publicly traded company, I, I 
have to see where we are at the time. I, I wouldn't be against it, but I, well, we have some ideas for this company where there, there's a lot we can mm-hmm. push out. Um, you know, I think with the emergence of the metaverse, for example, um, that's something that we're currently looking at. I, I think the world is going to look a lot different in 10 years. And I think yeah. because we are young black entrepreneurs, always looking to uh, adjust and yeah. you know, move to the next beat, we can create a company that evolves rather than, you know, remain stagnant. And, you know, this is where we are. You have to accommodate to me. I don't, I don't think we're, yeah. we're there. Um, yeah. One of my professors, he told me while I was at Hampton, and, uh, this man changed my life, which he, he was another reason why I was grateful with, with the fact that I was an entrepreneurship major. His name was Larry Gillis. And he asked us one day, he said, um, you know, what do you think your job as an entrepreneur or as a business owner is? And, you know, everybody threw their answers to make money, you know, to, to market as well as you can. He said, wrong. Your job is to survive. Mm. He said, if you fail, learn from it. If you profit, continue to gain from it. But your job is to stay afloat and survive. If you can do that, you're good. I love that. I, you know, what you just, what you mentioned, it made me think of um, this book. One of my mentors recommended I read. Um, it's called Only the Paranoid Survive. It's by the former um CEO of Intel and it really talks about um you know the the way that a business essentially you know has to be paranoid in order to to make it to the next level right. to, to society's going to change around you and it's really kind of how, how how will you respond to that will you when you're at the top will you just you know get comfortable or um will you always be looking to 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 fight back to the next thing are you looking to survive essentially so um I love that you said that um, with Black Vernacular Book Club, you know, what does, what does the future look like there? That one I can talk about a little more freely. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this, it, it, it's literally a club. So, um, basically what we want to do is, uh, uh, kind of develop the website a bit more. We want people to be able to use, uh, the website as a resource for locating black owned book, uh, bookstores, you know, um, you know, uh, start their own chapters nationally, you know, things wow. like that. Yeah. Meet and greets, talks, like we, we want a community. And eventually we, we want to open up an actual location, our own bookstore. That's a, a summary of everything that we've done so far where people can you wow. know, come, that's sit incredible. down, maybe grab some wine, a beer, whatever you need, and just sit down yeah. and drink and talk about books. Um, we really want to promote Black authors. I love Black that. books. That's what we want. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, you know, as as we wrap, um, my you know final questions for you. Uh, you know, as you begin to to launch, Buddy Bass, we hinted at this a bit earlier as well. Um, you know, what challenges do, do you anticipate moving forward? I'm praying there is not another pandemic. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, it it's. It's definitely been, um, you know, speaking personally, it's it's been hard. Um, yeah, my, my team is uh, primarily virtual. We're spread out. We travel. Yeah, um, you know, we just had our uh, third child, uh, a little boy. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. 
Um, but you know, it's it's a different feeling when you're up at two a.m. You know, baby in one hand, typing on the other, trying. To... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, but as a company, um, we are closely monitoring the the travel industry. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we it it has not rebounded to the levels that it was before, yeah. and we're aware of that. So we have to move in accordance to that. You know, and really keep our ear. Uh, close to the people who are actually doing the traveling. So as long as we are in touch with the people we're trying to market this to, I think I think we're going to be good. That's awesome. Um, and then, you know, what advice do you have for, for that prospective entrepreneur? Um, the best advice I could give is, um, it, it's cliche, but it, it's been the most helpful. Don't be afraid to fail. Um, I think when you try to avoid failing, that's when you're actually running towards it. Mm. And when it happens, just take it as a lesson. You know, um, yeah. when when my companies did not do as well as they could, there was always something that I, I took from it. Um, when Nate Holmes, when I was building that, I, I know how to design websites now. I, I know how to talk to my customers, you know, um, yeah, things like that. So if it fails, it's not the end of the world. Sometimes you could tweak the idea that you have in motion. That's that's okay too, but yeah. don't avoid failure. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Xavier. Um, yeah, I I this was incredible. Um, you know, where where can people find you? Where can people get in contact with you? Where can they get it, you know, learn more about Buddy Pass and and the Black Vernacular Book Club? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So um, you can find Buddy Pass um, under www.buddypasstrips.com. Our social tags are all Buddy Pass Trips as well. Uh, Likewise with blackvernacularbookclub.com, same thing with our social media tags. Uh, You can find me uh, through my name, Xavier Pickett, on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Instagram too, but I'm Look, I've changed the name like three times. <laughs> so it's uh right now it's Xavier.p underscore oh six. I, I okay. have not been able to secure Xavier Pickett, don't judge her. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh for hopping on the Impact awesome. Podcast. Um again, like I said, I'm extremely grateful for you, extremely grateful for um your story and the inspiration that you are to to younger entrepreneurs. So thank you. Absolutely. Appreciate you for having me.